Welcome to the podcast, Meet My Potential, where Deepa chats with leaders around the world once a week or simply shares her insights. This podcast is for those who aspire to meet their highest inner potential. Each episode brings you one simple tool that you can apply at work or in life. Hello and welcome to this episode on Be Proactive for the Sake of Health. To be really honest, this is not the podcast that I wanted to register today. I had a plan to talk about organizational politics and that's the podcast I wanted to register. And I woke up this morning and I had absolutely no mood and no energy to talk about the length of research work that I had been doing in the last few months on organizational politics and to share about that. Well, you will have a few episodes coming up later in a couple of weeks on organizational politics, but nevertheless, before going there, the reason I wanted to talk about be proactive for the sake of health is because we tend to dismiss what we are feeling in the current moment in terms of how are we feeling mentally, how am I feeling physically, and we push ourselves constantly to move forward. Last week, I had the opportunity to support a team that wanted to be proactive for the sake of health. That was their objective. I ran this workshop with my colleague, Xavier, and we used the immunity to change process to accompany this team. What is immunity to change? Let's listen to Lisa Lehe, who explains to us what is immunity to change. If you want to get the full version, please listen to episode number 12. Nevertheless, let's hear Lisa on what is immunity to change. And immunity to change is an important thing to see because if we don't see it, we will continue to be stuck. So what is it? An immunity to change is when there's a part of us that wants to move in one direction So that's a part that's got some kind of important goal, for example. And at the exact same time, there is a part of us that is unconsciously driven to actually accomplish a goal that is in tension with the very important goal we want to accomplish. So this team was being extremely reactive. It was an IT services team, so they had to respond to critical events of failure, and that was their primary job. So the team was actually working in a very, very reactive way. They were very action-focused, focusing a lot on solving problems, being very future-focused. And when we are too reactive, when we are too action-biased, when we are solving problems constantly, when we're moving towards the future, well, all that is great. We're building and we're living with positivity. And at the same time, it takes away something away from us. It takes away our mental health. In episode number 14, James Rutledge defines mental health as... It's kind of your state of being, I suppose, not just well-being, but your state of being, your emotions, feelings, thoughts, identity. Um, to me, at least, that's, that's kind of all wrapped up in mental health. Now, if you look back at the team, the team was extremely committed to high levels of quality all the time. The team was committed to not letting emotions get in the way of making clear, rational decisions. The team was extremely committed to being professional and to be responsible for anything and everything that happened in their systems that they were responsible for. And the team was providing a very, very high level of customer satisfaction. Well, 
it is a high performing team. So then you might ask the question, so what's the problem with a high performing team? Performance is also about, are we just responding to the needs of our customers today? Or are we really thinking about the future and are we being proactive and are we doing it in a way that we're looking after our health? Because this team was clearly getting exhausted, clearly getting cynical. And these are signs of a burnout. You might ask, so what is burnout actually? And let's let's take a closer look at what is burnout from Monik Valko, who talks about it on episode number 19. Just listen to Monik talking about what is burnout. The second primary component is cynicism. And so when people are feeling really cynical about their work, they're very disconnected from the sense of meaning that perhaps they had previously in the job and have developed a real feeling of cynicism about the organization, sometimes about colleagues, about clients that they may be working with. It's a, it's a loss of meaning and it shows up as you know a very negative attitude towards the work, the workplace, and the people that you're working with. So as you see, burnout is not an on-off state. There is a lot of gray zone before you actually hit burnout. And in this gray zone is cynicism and exhaustion. We keep moving in and out of that gray zone, which is close to burnout. While this team was not clearly in burnout, their resilience was consuming their zest and the force for life. And that was taking away all the creativity and the proactive steps that they could take. So for this particular team, applying that immunity change process was a perfect example of how can we bring a force of life in an action-paced world. When we bring health to the forefront of business, we start to be proactive in business. And when we start to be proactive in business, there are three main advantages. The first one being your physical and your mental health. And I'm not joking about the physical health. So many people on the team were affected by the stress physically. You reduce ulcers, you have better eating habits, you will sleep better. Reducing the amount of stress and anxiety at workplace helps you to be physically and mentally healthier. That's the number one advantage. And everything else is a consequence of that. And the second advantage of bringing health to the forefront of business is that you will have better working relationships with people around you because one is less irritated, one is less cynical, one is less negative, and one has time to engage in relationships, time to dialogue and to talk to each other, create buy-in, time to influence. And all that creates a lot of flexibility in the system. And you allow relationships to help you to reach your goals The third advantage of bringing health to the forefront of business is you bring in much more results by being more creative. And as you're more creative and as you co-create with your colleagues, you have happier customers, you're able to focus on continuous improvement rather than make short-term fixes and patches. So when there are so many good benefits of bringing health to the center of business, why is it that we're not doing that? Well, one of the main dialogues or hindering factors for high performers is that high performers want to get things done, which is a good thing. And at the same time, it's this very thing of being action 
focused, moving towards the future, solving problems that doesn't allow a high achiever to rest because they don't see the benefit of rest. They don't see the benefit of stepping back and looking at what's going on, looking at the bigger picture of how they're playing the game. Stillness allows you to move forward in a much more healthy way. Stillness in itself is not going to change the problems that you face today. It allows you to create a certain inner energy and inner space that allows you to move forward with much more ease and allows you to bring joy at work. After all, we spend so much time at work. Why not have a workplace that is healthy and joyful? Now, you might find teams that are working in this reactive way like a hamster on a wheel, continuously chasing backlog of items, continuously rushing where things are falling on their plate constantly and they're trying to solve and get so many things done. Their agendas are running full. It's a kind of a catch-up game that they're constantly playing. The problem is that people surrounding around these kind of teams are also impacted because they receive things in the last minute, they are solicited in the last minute, the ecosystem around them is affected. The most important thing that you need when you are interacting with such a team is compassion. Compassion because compassion allows us to accept things as they are. And it is not that you don't want to change this team. Compassion allows you to not judge. Compassion allows you to not criticize. And the last thing that this team or people who are working in a very reactive way need is criticism, finger pointing, blaming. That's not what they need. That's not what's going to help them. And at the same time, When you are with compassion and you are trying to support and help them, you need that compassion both for yourself because when you're interacting with that system, it's so easy to collapse into their energy. It's so easy to also start working like them because that force of energy in the way things work just pulls you in that direction. So you need compassion for yourself so that you're able to take distance and act in a more responsible way rather than come from a reactive space. And that is the best way that you can support yourself while working with such teams. And that's the best way that you can support them. And as a facilitator of such work processes, compassion is a very, very key element to help them. So my two tips are, number one, Stay without judgment. Stay away from judging teams, people who are working in a very reactive way. And the number two, tip number two is don't try to reproduce what they're going through because that will take away your mental health. Thank you very much for being here with me. Please send me your comments about this experience that I'm sharing with you and do share your comments with me by sending me an email at deepa, that is D-E-E-P-A at meetmypotential.com. Thank you. Stay tuned and see you next week. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to know more how you can meet your potential, check out www.meetmypotential.com. That's www.meetmypotential.com. Join us again. And until then, stay cool.